This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, Truman Jones is on News Radio WGNS. Good morning, Rutherford County. We are going to have a great show. We're not only learning, we are having fun. Now, it, you know, if, if every classroom in Rutherford County would, would uh, put the fun part first and then get into the learning part, I think their education uh, values would improve. What do you think, Ronnie? I Martin? think they do that, don't they? Yeah, I, think, I don't know. I think they do that. Yeah, I can't keep up with it. Yeah. Why in the world did you bring Sam Huddleston? This well, Sam Huddleston, as we, to, to go back to uh, trying to find opportunities for folks uh, in the community to learn more about the city of Murfreesboro, what we do, um, and to make sure that they're not relying upon my limited amount of information, uh, we talked about bringing folks that were... You do not have a limited information. Yeah, I do. Um, no, no, no. I love the way you... I, I, I rarely will compliment uh, city councilmen and, and uh, county commissioners. That's a rare thing. that You have, a, you, you have a, a special way of getting my attention. I, I appreciate it. I'm, I'll try to stay in those good graces, but thank you yeah. very much. Yeah. But, but Sam Huddleston, and I'll, we'll, we'll let him talk about what he does. He is Director of Development for the City of Murfreesboro. Uh, and uh, I have really enjoyed. Sam's one of my favorite people in the city. Um, I, I have the opportunity to work with him a lot. I have the opportunity to see him work a lot. Uh, and he's been a great resource to me and, and one of those people that I could call and he would be available to invest in me and for me to ask questions that were probably very rudimentary questions uh, as I have tried to continue to work to, to learn and to serve better both on the Planning Commission and as a City Council member. So Sam has been really, really helpful to me. and. Um, I think one of the brightest folks we have in the city, so I wanted everybody else to have a chance to meet Sam. Would you have any other questions that would be maybe considered more uh, intense or, or value rather than rudimentary questions? <laughs> uh, I, I, I try, Truman. I do the best with what I got. Yeah. So You're I, always throwing me curves. You well, know you know, you, the more questions you ask, the better questions you learn to ask. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, so get better as I go. That's You're, my heart, Doctor. Would you like to talk to him? Well, that's Jan's duty. Where did she go? I'm going to let you do that. So... We're gonna we're gonna keep going with Sam. You wanna do that? All right, Sam. Good morning. <laughs> uh, now explain it in in kind of a little bit more detail what your uh, responsibilities are. Well, first of all, uh, Truman, thanks for having me on. Oh, I'm glad to have you on. Right. 
you're a lot of fun. You, you, you may not know that, but you are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel look a little like a punching bag this morning, but yeah. that'll be okay. Oh, no. No, and uh, thanks to Ronnie for the kind words. I've, I've listened to your show a few times. You have uh, talented people on here, musicians, comedians, personalities, historians. I don't know why in the world you're having me today, but, but I'm happy to be here. Everybody has something of value if they have a sense of humor, and you do, Sam. He I does do that indeed. Already. Uh, but, but you have to have one to be in those positions when you're affecting so many people. You mean you? to work with city councilmen? <laughs> he's got to have a yeah. sense of humor when he's working yeah. with city councilmen. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, w I would like to, <coughs> to offer a happy birthday to my the president of my fan club who's listening this morning. Uh, Tammy, she celebrated her uh, birthday today. Mm. Oh, Thanks, my. Ronnie, for covering my mouth. Yes, sir. Though, yeah, you're welcome. Out. Well, that's very nice of you. Having a big cake and all the stuff that goes around with it. Well, we'll probably avoid the cake. Mm-hmm. Um, most of my shirts are fitting like yoga shirts now, so. <laughs> You're pretty thin now. No, no, no. No, no, no. The jacket covers it up. That's yeah. all. Yeah. Now, now, what is it? Uh, who do you deal directly with? Well, first of all, let me tell you a little bit about um, the reorganization of city yeah. government a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, we were organized in 24 different departments. We saw some opportunities to make some efficiencies by consolidating and reorganizing a little bit and so we put departments together that that served a similar purpose yeah uh, development services was created as a division uh, it includes planning uh, building and codes and community development the unique thing about those groups are most of the customers most of the applicants most of the people we deal with are from outside the city so they're private citizens they're business owners they're contractors developers uh, individual residents are coming to to do business with the city of Murfreesboro mm -hmm. so we had all of that in common and uh, and so we also developed a, a motto or a phrase that 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 uh, we wanted to adopt as a division and that was one city mm -hmm. and by that I mean that we were going to act as one city for a resident or someone who's looking to do business with the city of Murfreesboro, they see city of Murfreesboro. They don't see individual departments. They don't necessarily see individual people. Um, but they do see the city of Murfreesboro on the signs when they come in. And so we wanted to try to make that uh, interaction with the city consistent, uh, based on customer service, based on trying to help, and, and based on um, helping those folks who are coming to do business with the so city. So you don't get bogged down when, when the people come in and they're trying to get all the information that they need to do what type of business they're going to have with the city. That's right. And most of the business they'd be doing would be building permits, uh, site plan submittals, um, home-based business applications, uh, zoning request, annexation request, uh, substandard construction, property maintenance. Uh, and, and plus our community development uh, department um, helps in our community. We, we basically redistribute about a million dollars in community development block grant funding out into the community every year. Yeah. Have you had much business right now with people come, wanting to come into Murfreesboro with all the, the, the things that are going on right now with the disruption of the virus and all, all the basic things that have really affected small businesses? You know, it's interesting. We, um, we had those same concerns, and I'm thinking back to March um, as, as we made the decision to close City Hall and, and uh, you know, limit interactions and all of those things. Um, um, uh, construction, uh, if you'll recall, was one of the, 
essential businesses that the governor included in his some of his first executive orders mm -hmm. saying that as an essential business it should be continued uh, safe but it should be continued and so because we play such a vital role in that in inspections and approval of plans and certificates of occupancy um, we felt like we need to be able to serve them so we made some procedural changes to, to accommodate that uh, um, thanks to our staff uh, thanks to the hard work of, uh, of a lot of individuals, uh, we were able to implement some changes on a very short notice um, on how we did business with our, um, with our customers. Mm -hmm. uh, but the other thing we started doing, uh, we started tracking numbers weekly, uh, number of applications, number of inspections, number of requests for service, mm -hmm. those sorts of things. And so we, we started trying to develop a little history. It was interesting to our staff and to, and to us as we reviewed that and I shared that information with, with our city administration and the mayor and council, um, the number of permits actually started going up. Uh, we did see an interesting thing when, when uh, people had to stay at home uh, and perhaps also when the stimulus checks arrived, uh, pool permits and fence permits were coming in by the dozens and so we, we had a very very uh, busy spring, uh, plus uh, continuing to, to do residential and commercial uh, uh, permits and inspections and plans review. Uh, the, the last report, the last number that, that came out from our building and codes department for the month of July, we issued 200 uh, residential permits. And some quick math, that's about enough for 15 people a day to move to the city. Um, and, and that's a little bit higher. Uh, it's, a, it's a pretty high month for us, highest month we've had this year, but we've been above uh, 125, 150 for most of the months uh, of uh, 2020. Where it's, is most of the activity right now? It's interesting, and this wouldn't surprise you, I don't think, uh, Truman, um, about uh, three out of every four, maybe four out of every five residential permits we're issuing uh, happens on the west side of I-24. Mm. Uh, you may have heard this statistic before, uh, but about half our population lives west of I-24 uh, in the city and about half lives east. Uh, and, and of course, with those kind of numbers, um, 1,500 out of the 2,000 or so permits we'll issue this year uh, will come in the, uh, on the west side of I-24. I remember years ago, and I know you remember it, Ronnie. Well, maybe you're not old enough to remember, but a lot of the 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 mayors did not want the um, exits off of the I-24 because they thought it was going to bring too many, too much traffic in toward the square, you might say, That's downtown right. Murfreesboro. Hmm. But it seems like basically it's it's going the other way. I mean, it, it's unbelievable what's happening over off Medical Center Parkway and, and uh, all the other activity that's going on. And now with, with the big avenue and, and all the things that are happening out there, do, do you have a, a sense of what's going on as, as far as all of the businesses being affected by the virus? I don't even like to talk about it, but it, 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 it has really bothered me. And, and I know Ronnie uh, over at the bank <laughs> at, at uh, Pinnacle, uh, you guys were, were, were pretty much covered up with people who were wanting the assistance as far as the lending from the banks and things like that. And I was really surprised you guys did 100% for all of those particular mm -hmm. banks. Now, 
would you have an idea, uh, and I'll get back to you, Sam, would you have an idea of how that kept a lot of these businesses afloat as far as the small businesses? You know, Truman, from the, the services we provide, we're generally looking to businesses that want to grow and expand yeah. or developers that want to bring things on. I, I don't have a good um, sense of maybe the overall impact on operating businesses. Yeah, I figured at some time, though, you guys would get the impact uh, after maybe some of them actually had to leave here in this yeah. area. I, um, I think some of the, the bar barometers that, um, that we have tracked at the mm. city level have been uh, our local option sales tax, our hotel motel tax, and, and, and Ronnie's familiar with the dashboard that, uh, uh, financial dashboard that we publish every month mm -hmm. uh, through our um, budget director, Aaron Tucker. Uh, but but she tracks that, and, and the, the numbers are a couple months delayed, so mm -hmm. uh, we're looking back in time. But uh, but the hotel motel tax dropped off significantly. Mm -hmm. uh, that doesn't surprise us. Uh, room occupancies and, and occupancy rates really took a nosedive. Um, it's interesting. We have um, uh, two, at least two that I know of um, hotels under construction today. Their construction construction is continuing. Uh, so we're looking uh, and assuming that those businesses will open, you, you know, when they complete construction. Uh, um, I, I think we, we also track some other numbers on the planning side, and those are some of the initial inquiries we get from people looking to come to the city, um, expand a business uh, through our, uh, our meeting uh, uh, numbers. Uh, we have a pre-application conference, a due diligence conference, and some other initial meetings. And so we've been tracking those as well, something we haven't done before, but just to try to track and, and see how those are going. And so what, what I'll tell you from the planning department side of the house is uh, business is busy. Business is good for us. Um, I, I would say that the, the, for hotels and motels, we've had several queued up. Those are probably not moving forward anytime soon. Um, we've had a couple pulled off the table that we know about, but, but the general uh, development uh, seems to be pretty steady from the numbers we're able to see. We don't really have to recruit in Murfreesboro, do we, as far as business is concerned, but uh, this, this country is in, in, in a point of upheaval as, as far as the, the negative things that are going on uh, across the nation. But I have heard, and I remember my my uncle Ben came in from New York, and and he said the word uh, had gotten out that if you want to operate a successful business, you need to go to Murfreesboro, Tennessee, hmm. and and you don't even got you don't even have to do that type of recruiting because it's a special place. Uh, it, it's it's almost like you go back in time to a better better place and and. and and you, you just want to settle there because it, it's, it's got a friendly manner about it. And, and we don't have all of those cancers you might think of in all these other cities. They're just pretty much destroying themselves. And, he, and here we are li living in the best place in the world. And, and sometimes we don't realize it. And, and I think that's a, that's a major part of it. I do. It's it's interesting to see what what we get to work in every day, and I agree with you. We we live in the best place in the world, and and so I'm happy to have a part of that. Uh, we do some recruiting. Um, there's some areas in our business environment, our business climate that we'd like to do better in. 
um, uh, and and in those areas, uh, Class A office and some of those things, um, we know that there's some additional work we could do there to help recruit good, good high-paying jobs and stable uh, businesses to come here. And yeah. it's been a focus with uh, with our city administration, mayor and council, and also yeah. the Chamber of Commerce. On the industrial side, there's a lot of recruiting and a lot of activities that go on that, uh, you know, maybe the uh, common person on the street wouldn't see. Um, That's me. <laughs> but you would also uh, maybe I, I would I would share this with you on uh, on economic development. Um, Molly, who's uh, uh, an industrial manufacturer on Butler Drive, uh, the governor just announced a couple of weeks ago they're bringing 345 new jobs to Murfreesboro. Wow! Well, that was that was the result of some intense recruiting. Uh, once um, once that uh, there was some in indication that Molly wanted to expand, mm -hmm. and as I understand it, that's been in the works maybe for a couple, three years, even though the announcement was just made, and there was a lot of it, heavy lifting done to uh, to expand Molly's business units here in, uh, in Murfreesboro, uh, and, and uh, we're looking for them to break ground by this fall. Uh, wow. We've been in uh, meetings. They're looking to get their site plan approved in the October time frame and to go to work immediately after. Do you ever do a study, Sam, as far as what is the leveling area where we may be getting too much in here, too many businesses, the type of businesses that are coming in, uh, as a, opposed to not enough in the, those particular areas? Do you, though, I, I know as bright as you are, you probably... We, we do some studies. I would I would say it's probably... Uh, a little bit different, maybe not necessarily focused on uh, the, the the numbers or the math, uh, but but what we have done uh, over the last few years um, is engage our mayor and council and planning commission and even the community on what's your vision uh, for Murfreesboro. I like to think of it this way, Truman. We've painted about 75 percent of the of the canvas of what the city of Murfreesboro is going to be in the future. That's wow. that work has been done. Uh, we've got the ability, uh, this mayor, this council, this planning commission, those folks that are here today have the opportunity to fill in that remaining 25%. And so we don't necessarily focus on the numbers of what's too much or what's not enough um, citywide, uh, but we do look and, and we, we've tried to engage the mayor and council. What is your vision for the community for this additional 25%? That, that we'll have the opportunity to have an opinion on. Yeah. And, um, and, and then trying to get that unified vision so that um, we can communicate that to people looking to come here. Hey, this is something that, that our community needs. This is something that our, our mayor and council support. It's consistent with the vision. Uh, but then we also get calls and we say, you know, that's maybe not consistent with, with what we've heard from our, uh, from our uh, elected and appointed officials. You know, one of the things that's really tough, Truman, and uh, Sam really does an excellent job kind of managing this, uh, as, as other staff members do as well, but um, trying to uh, herd the cats, for lack of a better expression, related to planning commission members, uh, which I'm fortunate to be a part of. I, I've enjoyed being on the planning commission. I've learned a lot uh, being with, serving with those people and being able to interact with the staff.
from Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street. It's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at WGNSRadio.com. This portion of the show brought to you by Mapco. How do you feel about two for three dollar Lay's or Cheetos? What about regular M&Ms for only a dollar? These are just a handful of the sweet deals you'll find right now at Mapco. You'll be surprised how they always have great deals for your everyday cravings. And don't forget to download their My Rewards mobile app to earn points toward items like ice-cold fountain drinks and even fuel. The app is available for both iPhones and Androids. Stop by and save at your local Mapco today. This is Ron Hall. When the unexpected happens, Fair Construction can help you, whether there's a vehicle in your business or your home that's not supposed to be there. It's in the news, a car through the front door. We can board it up where the place is secure and deal with your insurance company to get it back to its previous condition. When the unexpected happens, call Fair Construction Company. This is Ron Hall with Fair Construction. Call 615-893-6120. Hey, Bargain Hunters, listen up. This is Rodney French from French's Shoes and Boots. If bargain prizes is what you want, come to French's and shop our everyday bargain racks. These shoes and boots are out of the boxes and are always 50 to 90% off the regular retail prices. Shoe brands like Colhan, Joseph Seibel, Clarks, Nike, and more. Boot brands like Justin, Ariat, Corral, Chippewa, Dan Post, and many more. Out of the box, but 50 to 90% off every day. That's French's Shoes and Boots. French's Shoes and Boots. 1837 South Church Street in Murfreesboro. At Bud's Tire Pros, they care about those who live and work here because you're a big part of what makes this place great. This is Kay Mitchell at Bud's Tire. Come by and see us at Bud's Tire, 3600 East Main Street, or call 896-TIRE. They will be here through the good times and the uncertain times. For those who are out on the road, stop in today to see their full lineup of Michelin tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin has a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, they're essential, they're open, they're local. Visit them online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. Another suspect was charged with killing a man back in July. 30-year-old Christopher Lee White of Hopkinsville was arrested for the first-degree murder of 45-year-old Eric Bixler. 37-year-old Christopher Hawk Robinson surrendered to sheriff's deputies last week. White being held in a Kentucky jail till he's extradited to Rutherford County for prosecution. Robinson being held at a $600,000 bond at the Rutherford County Jail. A Rutherford County school has reported about 53 students are having to be quarantined due to possible exposure to COVID-19. Because of the high number, Smyrna Elementary is changing to distance learning as opposed to classroom education, but the change is short-term. All students at Smyrna Elementary will switch temporarily to distance learning Tuesday, September 1st. The schools did contact tracing to determine which students should go on quarantine with ties to the same neighborhood or through students sharing the same bus routes. Tennessee says nearly 2,100 school-age kids have tested positive for the coronavirus over the last two weeks. The information being reported by the Tennessee Department of Health, which is providing data on cases among school-aged children. Due to privacy concerns, Governor Bill Lee is letting each school district report cases to the state, but they're not broken down by individual schools. Over the last two weeks, Davidson County has had the most school-aged kids test positive, despite the fact they started their school year online. 
And in nearby Williamson County, Franklin High School changing its mascot name to the Admirals. It replaces the old mascot of Rebels, which was thought to be racially insensitive. Socialize with us on social media. Log on to Facebook.com slash WGNS Radio and click the like button. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. Not only did Mary make herself readily available for us as we made the long trip here from Michigan, but as we requested some changes, like more houses, cancellations, she just embraced it all and smiled. Buying and selling a home can be stressful. That's why it's important to work with somebody who cares. I recommend whoever is hearing this to jump off and call Mary Catherine Hughes. She's amazing and will go above and beyond for you. Mary Catherine Hughes, sold by MK, powered by EXP Realty. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. We'll see a few scattered showers and thunderstorms possible late this afternoon with partial sunshine developing in a high in the mid-80s. Winds out of the south at 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 68. Premier Six Theater is open. They're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes. For Premier Six Theater, they're now open. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at WGNSRadio.com. All right, what happened to my sound? I didn't touch it that time. Is that bothering y'all? You're yes, back sir. on the air, Truman. Okay. As Brian Barrett says, we're back on the air. And I'm sorry, we had a little bit of a disconnection here. And uh, y'all never have that at the city, I'm sure. Sam brings so much electricity to the table, it just shorted <laughs> out the circuits. Now, you don't deal with... How about some of the other department heads? Do you deal with some of them? And, 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 and is part of that a part of the budget that you uh, uh, look forward to having to be passed on to the, the city departments? So um, as executive director, I serve between the city administration, city manager's office, and our, the people actually do the work. Mm -hmm. um, it's really more about direction and organization. The budgets are formulated at the department level, the planning department, the uh, building codes department, mm -hmm. per se, and then they're, they're combined together so that we'd have an overall division budget. Um, because of the relationship that the planning department and the building codes department have with other uh, departments, we, we with uh, some of our other uh, department, department heads, especially as it involves uh, development and growth in the city. Would you have anything to do, you know Premier Six down here um, at Jackson Heights? Yes, sir. Uh, it, it's one of the, uh, it is the oldest theater here in Murfreesboro, and it's kind of like uh, all of us old people, 
the Princess Theater when we were young kids, when our moms and dads would go down to the square. It's about the only place you could shop back in those days. And I was wondering, I have a, uh, I don't know why, but I have a need for a large matinee type uh, uh, sign that would shine and, and say, <laughs> Uh, you know, this is Premier Six, and and uh, showing today through the week, we, we've got these great movies and all that stuff, and and it would kind of blink on and off. Do you remember those? You don't do, do you, Sam? <laughs> well, yeah, we got we got the the town I grew up in. We got the news a week late, so yeah. uh, the movies were. Where did you grow up? Pickett County in Birchtown. Um, Oh. It's the smallest town and the smallest county in the state. Yeah. Um, and so I, how I went from there to, you know, to being one, uh, involved in the growth of one of the fastest growing communities in the nation, I don't know. Um, hey, talk about that. Talk about how you came to the city of Murfreesboro. I were uh, students at Tennessee Tech, and mm -hmm. I was in the engineering program. Um, uh, had a couple of east and water and wastewater and stormwater. Mm -hmm. um, City of Murfreesboro uh, opened a position for an environmental engineer uh, in 1999, and I read the ad and I told my wife, I said, it looks like they wrote this around what I've been doing. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to apply. And so I applied for that job, interviewed with Ken Hayes, who was a city engineer for, for many years uh, in the mid-90s and early 2000s, mm -hmm. and he offered me the job. And so I uh, came in to help uh, the city with some environmental issues. Uh, particularly related to stormwater, but but also related to um, past practices. Um, yeah. Underground storage tanks. We we uh, dealt uh, dealing with still dealing with a couple of closed dumps or closed landfills that uh, that were here inside the city and operated by the city in the 50s and 60s and 70s. You didn't deal with any of the gasoline underwater tanks, did you? We've done that as well. Yes. We. That's pretty tough stuff. Pretty tough. Uh, you know, in the the millions of uh, of um, Gas stations around the uh, around the the, the nation. Um, very few of those have not <laughs> or have not. Most of those have leaked. Is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the city owned it's very and operated. Costly to the owners. Isn't it, it is. It is. Uh, and so those are the types. So when that you know the petroleum products wind up in your soil or wind up in your groundwater, mm -hmm. uh, that's why what I referenced it as dirty dirt or dirty mm -hmm. groundwater. Uh, and so I came on board to help the city in those areas. Um, they had a lot of needs there. And uh, at about that time, the EPA had uh, had a requirement that they put on the books for smaller cities, and that was cities uh, the size of Murfreesboro, mm -hmm. have to do more uh, for the stormwater as it runs off of our developed surfaces into the rivers. And so um, I worked with, uh, with Water and Sewer Department and, and several consultants, and we formulated an approach to that. Uh, which we're operating under today. Oh, there goes a fire truck. I'm sure that somebody's had a little small accident somewhere. And and uh, we, we well, feel like what, our what response the, what, time what is the, really what, good. what in the world? How how much gas will you use going from? Do, do you, I want you to study that. <laughs> I really do. We're just trying to make sure we get there as fast as possible. And, yeah, uh, it, well, since you're not having any fires, you got to have something to well, do. Well, that's true, and yeah. we need those people in case we do have fires. Yeah. Yes, and, and, and I'm going to jump on and, and, and throw a little uh, praise to our uh, Billing Coast Department and our the, the, the reason we have fewer fires is that we're doing a better job with construction, a better job with fire prevention, point. yeah, better codes, fire detection, and fire suppression. 
Freeman, uh, and I'll throw this number out. So numbers stick in my head sometimes, and sometimes they just fall out. Yeah. But uh, when we just before we started first responders uh, several years ago, I think it was that 2004-2006 time frame. Yeah. We were making about 2,200 calls per year as a fire department. Those numbers now are approaching 14,000 calls per year. Some of that is growth of our city because we, we've grown quite a bit in those uh, 15 years. But, but it's the, the biggest growth has been in the types of calls we're making in those medical first responder calls. Hey, do, you, a, do you not have smaller vehicles? Thing? <laughs> well, uh, now, I, I'm one of these people. That I have seen just about every bad thing can happen. And I remember you had a, fire, a fireman who had his legs that just um, had to be uh, taken off where mm. they were taken off yeah, because of those. Right of a pike and, in and, and, and I see all call. the negative things on it. And I'm not going to get into this uh, big discussion on it, but I think it's one of the worst ideas that can ever be when you're running fire trucks to um, accidents that have no injuries whatsoever. You have first responders in the police department. police department can see what in the world has gone on there before they can ever uh, get anywhere close to, to that particular location. Plus, you're running big trucks on traffic, really hard traffic uh, areas that it, it becomes, to me, becomes more of a danger than it does a, 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 um, a thing that's going to be a, a plus for you rather than a negative. And, and I really, um, I would like to see it. it. It's really a major cost for the city when you think about it, all those particular responses and the people that have to do it when you, you have something that uh, has worked well uh, in, in, in the previous years with the medical people that do respond. So I think it's something that needs a, a lot of study and, and a lot of people looking at it to see what you could do because, you know, you're, you're, you're part of the, 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 the impact on the taxpayers and things like that. And somebody as bright as you are, I think that you could get your finger on it and, and maybe give a little bit more information to these guys when, when they have to make those decisions and um well i'll i'll offer this and, and i've had the opportunity um because of the my background in environmental engineering and responding to some pretty unique incidents with our fire department emergency medical uh emergency management agency Good. truck turnovers and spills yep. and all, uh, unique you know cars and buildings and those sorts mm -hmm. of things what we do know is when that call comes in um, and we don't have somebody on the scene to triage what's going on. Uh, time matters, and so getting the, 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 the folks there as quickly as we can uh, to, to evaluate that. And even the trained police officer may not be fully aware of what might be needed and what might need to be dispatched. keeping those streets safe. So, uh, so it gets, uh, it gets our, uh, our, our responders there quickly rather than waiting to call them out later, which might result in you know, a, a five- or ten-minute uh, delay. Um, and fortunately, in a lot of cases, um, there those extra services aren't needed. But when they are, they're there in a timely manner. And yeah. So, uh, you know, I think I think that's an important consideration in addition to the, you know, the, the, the cost and expense of operating large trucks. Um, and uh, from our fire department standpoint, I'll say that they're always looking at ways to uh, optimize their operations, uh, even including going to uh, smaller first responder uh, type vehicles. Yeah, I think one of the things that, that has happened that, you know, um, 
sometimes we don't realize that our expectations have changed a little bit. So, you know, 25, 35 years ago, when there was an accident of some sort, I'm not sure that there was the expectation for folks to respond as fast. There was. Or there was medical wise yeah, and everything. everything. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because see, I would I would assume that people have in this environment that we're in immediate gratification, immediate response time, fire trucks, police. When we our expectations, we need you to be there in minutes. In most cases, that's what. But I don't want the danger on the road. Oh, I understand. That, that, that's created for that. But, but if you look at, at those vehicles being able to. Um, respond like a an automobile. They're right. not going to do it. Right. You 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 got it, it, they're too heavy and, and and they can move quite a bit. Right. Where where you're not going to do that with a, a police car or something like that. Police car can respond very rapidly, and, and you've got them placed all the way around the city where they're going to be close by, no matter what it is that happens. And and the, the police officers are very well trained. It, it it just it just bothers me to see that type of expense being put on the road. Plus, you you've got a, a a real problem if you ever hit another vehicle on those roads. If you have some deaths and things like that, running a large vehicle is right. something that a, a, a an ambulance can get there much quicker and much safer. So it does it it it, is, it really bothers me. And I'm not doing this that you say. But I, 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 whatever caused this particular... It's mainly me. It's primarily me. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it was a siren that went by. Yeah, kinda, I think that, that's, triggered that's, something that's there. what it was, Sam. You, you talked that on. Uh, yeah, yeah. But now those, it, those EMS trucks, they don't have uh, extraction equipment, right? So that's one of the issues. Yeah, the heavy rescue is, a, is a, 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 a service that we've added and upgraded over the years. And the other thing I'll say, Truman, on that is that um, times have changed equipment has changed but also our training and preparation of our drivers and our staff has changed we expect more today i think out of a uh, emergency services driver than than perhaps we did uh, 20 30 40 years ago Um, i grew up and and you grew up in the era before ambulance services yep when they were run by the the, the the funeral homes and and other providers and and i they got there quicker than anybody. <laughs> that's right, and and uh, well, there and wasn't always me traffic on the road. But but there was, um, and I'll say it this way: there were what I would call cowboy ambulance drivers, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, yeah. the the road between uh, the, the little town I grew up Bubba in. Bubba Woodson was a cowboy. Belhalla Lake. So yeah. what what you're saying is. We need to get more like birds, Sam. <laughs> yeah, I, I do miss those. <laughs> How many executive directors of development services positions available in Birdstown? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a good place to be from, and, and uh, you know, I'm proud to have grown up there. Yeah. Um, I think it helps uh, me understand then maybe how somebody like you and some of our native Murfreesboroans and Rutherford Countyans would, would look at how our communities change. Yeah. Because uh, when I go back home, I, you know, I, I think those same things. It's not yeah. the same community I grew up in. Now, tell me um, a little bit, because I've always wondered about this. The gasoline uh, tanks that are underground, and and, uh, I know some of them, the investigations are caused by people who may be aggravated at at the owner or the dealer in those particular areas. And I can remember one particular, a friend of mine almost lost everything when 
they had to go in digging and digging and what really is the danger and and we'll get it into the uh, uh, dumpsters i mean the dump out here off of 231 in in that area what is the uh, harm that you're going to have in the future with those particular spills and and what goes on in the water over there at walter hill well so um, let's talk about underground storage tanks um in the in the uh, mid 80s uh, the environmental protection agency uh, and then passing that down through the state yeah. agencies required owners and operators of underground storage tanks to, to really start understanding uh, if, if they were losing to the ground mm-hmm. and uh, we call those leaking underground storage tanks yeah. um, and it turns out that quite a few of those tanks were leaking they buried bare metal tanks in the ground uh, which is corrosive and you know and so over time those tanks broke down and the contents leaked out yeah uh, so the challenge with that is uh, all of our petroleum products are lighter than water are li- lighter than water and so when they get into the environment they tend to float on top of the surface of the groundwater mm-hmm. um, those fumes uh, are then also heavier than air and so they tend to concentrate there as well and so you know maybe if you had a, a person who was off-site adjacent to a, a leaking tank and they had uh, gasoline odors in their crawl space or in their basement, or perhaps they were on well water. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they might be seeing those impacts and might say, hey, I, I bet this odor is coming from that service station next door. Yeah. Uh, and, and we can even talk, uh, Truman, about some of the uh, incidents in Murfreesboro where those leaking tanks, uh, and I'll take you back to the corner of Church and Broad. At one time, you'll recall there were four service stations, one on each corner there. And over time, those have, have since been closed. But uh, many of those stations uh, lost petroleum products, primarily gasoline, into the environment. It got into the utility system. Mm-hmm. Uh, a thunder afternoon thunderstorm um, um, sent a bolt of lightning down, and we actually had an ex- underground explosion that resulted there in a, in a, in a telephone mm-hmm. cabinet, an equipment cabinet, um, and as a result of that. And so that's the, wow. that's the danger. Uh, the immediate danger can be uh, explosions and, um, you know, and those sorts of things. Yeah. Long-term danger is, uh, you know, consuming water or breathing the vapors, and, and it, it would, over a long period of time, potentially have an impact on the individual. Okay. Now, what about over here at, at the dump that we've got uh, on right out of uh, Walter Hill? Well, uh, the seepage, there has to be some seepage that would go into that water. It seems like every one of those big dumps are, are seems to be right on a major water line that, or a river or something that's flowing over there. It has to have some impact. How would we know, uh, since, since you're in the business, how would we know that there's not seepage in, into the water and, and, and how dangerous would it be? So that's leachate, right? Correct. Technical term to say I know something. Oh, that's good right. for you. Yeah, oh, thank you. my gosh. I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm impressed. <laughs> Ron. Okay, I'm going to stop talking now. <laughs> no, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. Um, uh, are you, uh, do we need to tell Bill Jones anything since you're becoming more of an expert? No, I just, I'm just i here to serve and do my part. Okay, thank you. So in, uh, in, the, uh, in, the, in the 90s and even before that in the, in the 80s, the EPA adopted standards for uh, sanitary landfills, unusual name, right? What's sanitary yeah. about a landfill? Yeah. Um, uh, but for sanitary landfills that required 
uh, liners on all expansions and all new permits. And so uh, the, the uh, landfill that's operating today, the public industries, has a liner in it. It has a leachate collection system. Uh, that leachate is captured and actually it's, it's uh, stored on site and then pumped into the city of Murfreesboro sewer system and treated before it's discharged to the river. And so they have a liner, a synthetic or plastic liner that, that helps to collect that. Um, Does it actually affect the water after you treat it here in Murfreesboro? Is the water, uh, is it as safe as water can be in, in, inside a city? When it, it's as safe as, as water coming out of a municipal treatment plant can be. Um, we're, if you'll talk to our water and sewer department, they'll remind uh, they remind us from time to time that they're they're discharged from their um, water quality control facility. Mm -hmm. I'm going to use the term that they use uh, is actually um, better than the drinking water standards of the early 1970s. And so we're we're producing a very high quality discharge into the Stones River, including uh, the leachate that comes in from um, the landfill. Uh, now, Truman, no man-made system is 100% all of the time. And yeah. so uh, another thing that uh, the state required and EPA requires in, in those types of sites is a, is a monitoring program. And so there are groundwater wells that are installed around that facility and they're monitored on a, monitored on a periodic basis, uh, seeing if they can detect constituents in the groundwater that would have come from uh, the landfill or come from a, 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 a you know, a a hole in the liner or a collapse or a breakdown of that system. Is there any type of um, uh, alarm system? If, if too much gets into the, the water uh, here in Murfreesboro, like it did, what was it, in Michigan? Somewhere in Michigan, uh, they had to close down the entire water plant because it became polluted. Well, the, the situation in Michigan actually was... Um, was uh, the condition of their plumbing, their pipes, their pipes, yeah. and coupled with a change in their source of, of, of raw water. Mm -hmm. So they changed sources where they were getting their water. The chemistry of that water changed, became a little more corrosive to the pipes. Um, many of the piping systems in, in that community uh, contained some lead products uh, in solders and joints and packings and other things. And so that lead was then dissolved into the water and, and uh, you know, and then a, a, in the system where people used it for cooking and drinking and bathing and those sorts of things. So it's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and so there's not an alarm, but there is uh, an extensive amount of monitoring in any water distribution system or wastewater treatment system mm -hmm. um, or a landfill scenario where you're looking for parts per million. And so, you know, you're looking for one red marble mixed in with a million white ones. And most of the constituents they look for, we're looking at that level. And we're not looking for a, uh, a catastrophic event. We're looking for evidence that even just a, 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 a minor leak or a minor increase in those water quality parameters, that would lead us to, to look back and say, why are these levels increasing? Yeah. And so you, you've got a monitoring program that's happening at the... Uh, at the landfill today, we've got a monitoring program with our drinking water, us and, and CUD. We have a monitoring program with our wastewater system as well, and, and we're reporting those. As all public records, we, we provide an annual report that's available on our website today. You can see our annual water quality report for water and for wastewater. Truman, one of the things that uh, I really enjoy, I like listening to Sam talk. Yeah. 
but I'll tell you one of the things that's really nice as an elected official is when you get um, in a position that I'm in where I'm having to make decisions about things that I don't understand, complex things that I don't understand, it's really nice to have um, staff who has that expertise that a lot of times elected officials will not have, you know, unless you're in that specific industry or have that background. But, but that's why it's so important, I think, to have, to, to let people in the community know that we have a highly competent staff. But, but the thing that I would compliment uh, Sam on most is, you know, he does um, a really good job of allowing me to get to an answer without telling me the answer. And so Sam, Preach, wait a minute, repeat that. <laughs> Sam, Sam does a really good job about giving me information to get me to a point where I can make a decision without telling me how I should make the decision or what the ultimate decision should be. So he, oh. he, he very much um, will give you information, will, will answer questions, will be supportive and encouraging. Uh, but he's not going to say, this is what you should do, and this is how you should feel, and this is where we should go. Mm -hmm. he, he trusts the process enough to kind of let you get there. And, and if he feels, and he's done this to me a couple of times, if he feels like you're off a little bit, he'll remind you of things you did in the past, of decisions we've made in the past. Uh, but he does He it, doesn't do it in, in a really bad way. He doesn't, doesn't do it in a bad way at all. He doesn't make you angry. He's not at all. He's, yeah. uh, he's very diplomatic. And how he does it, um, and he's very subtle in some cases how he does it. So, yeah. uh, which is a, a quality I appreciate because it it gives you the confidence to know that you can trust what he's saying, and he certainly has his own opinion and he's got his own um, information and education and background and experience. But but I do think he honors the process of what we're trying to do um, when you're an elected official and you're using him as a resource, which is what we're supposed to be doing. Because, you know, um, I have found there are those that have a different view of that in city government, and it's not as fun. Who was that? Well, we're not going to say that. So, You know, uh, it must be kind of um, nice to have somebody who is really interested in what's going on in each department like Ronnie is, and he does his homework. And, and uh, obviously, you two have a great relationship. And, and, and that's pretty nice for somebody working in a department because sometimes you feel like that, that nobody seems to be interested in it until a question comes up uh, there in City Hall meeting, and, and then... A lot of people are just totally lost. What's going on here? You know, I think back, Truman, about um, Ronnie's first uh, campaign for, for city council, and a compl compliment I'll give him is um, I thought he approached his uh, city council campaign um, the, the right way. Yeah. Um, he, he, was, he was more consistent at uh, a lot of the meetings than perhaps some of the folks that, that could have been there or should have been there. Yeah. Uh, but, but he spent a lot of time... Uh, learning and understanding and doing those things and that was before he was elected and that process has continued now now I think is uh, for, for a mayor and council uh, and I think even if you think back to your days as a, an elected official mm -hmm. you look for your senior managers you wanted to be able to trust them and you want yeah, to be able to have those um, you know those real frank conversations about about the issues that that your department or our city is facing mm -hmm. uh, and Ronnie's right. Whether I agree or disagree with him on, on what he makes as an ultimate decision, I'm a resource to him and the, and the mayor and council on the issues that I know and the issues I manage and deal with. And I look to give them that information, and then I trust them 
to make the decision, the best decision that they can, uh, considering all the factors, not just my factors, not just our program's factors or the department's factors, but the, the factors that include the, the impact on the citizens and the budget and, uh, you know, even, and we, this sounds like a dirty word, but it's not, but even the political side. Mm. Uh, that is a dirty word. <laughs> it's got to do it's a, but it's a real word, right? It's a yeah. real word, and yeah. every organization that I've been a, associated with, from from a local church to, uh, you know, a, a, a college club, uh, uh, to the city of Murfreesboro, um, all of those are are they have their own politics. Yeah. They have their own interactions and uh, and their own personalities, and so uh, that's the reality of working with people and dealing with people and it's the it's the best part of working at city government but sometimes it's also the most frustrating part. <laughs> yeah. as, a, as an older person like me um would you recommend you're talking to sam right <laughs> yeah i'm talking okay. to sam okay yeah uh would you uh, recommend a a nice community or or living place in uh, birdstown you know, I, I still long for those small towns and small areas. Uh, big cities are not meant for people over 50 years old. They're really not. All of the services we need and all of the services that they need are available in our community. Right, yeah. Whether that's groceries or health care or hardware. And or, it's really simple to, to do all yes, of those things. Yes, and... and um, um, you know, as much as I, I know we're a part of the Nashville market and the Nashville economy, Murfreesboro has its own identity and it has its own place. And uh, and most of the time, all I need and all my family needs, we 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 get right here in the county. Yeah, it's not that way in Burkstown. Well, can can we put up some type of wall between us and Davidson County? <laughs> I, I, I don't know how I feel we're about gonna, We're going to build you a condo downtown, and you're going to yeah. come move downtown with me. Walkability. You can you can walk everywhere you want to go, go to the grocery store. I won't be able to afford one of those things. Oh, yes, you can. You can do it. I know a banker that will lend you some money. I, I, <laughs> and lots of money, right, yeah. for that national I paid condo. off my bills 40 years ago, <laughs> believe me. I, I don't want anything coming in that I have to pay interest on. But you guys do a really good job over there. Do you like where you live now? I love where I live. I love being downtown. It's, um, you know, it, I, I just don't think you can know from from my perspective um, what a community it really is uh, and what a diverse, rich community it really is. And, yeah. you know, I walk to work every day and most of where I go eat out when I do is downtown. When we grocery shop, we grocery shop downtown. And there really is not a reason for me to leave uh, the downtown area. And so... What, what's the mileage between your house and the bank? Uh, 0. 0.7. Oh, wow. Takes me 12 minutes. Get your steps in on the way. Yes, sir. So I walk there and back and, you know... Do you walk. have a place to wash your feet when you get there? No, I wear shoes. Oh. I do that. Although I hear not wearing shoes is good for your, your feet. It is. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not bohemian so i'm not going to do that necessarily but how much housework you got done you're talking about settling in yeah we're pretty close um you know there was covid stuff that prevented us from getting furniture that we bought and anytime you move into a new home you want to change it and kind of do some of your own thing and the house i'm in is 112 years old so yeah. rick and amy coddle um spent a lot of time remodeling that and they did a great job and you know, you always want to do your little thing and, and add to what they've done. And we've done some of that, but 
they did by far and away the majority of the work to turn that that old home into a, a renovated, more modern home. And I love that area. You know, the only thing I don't, I'm not crazy about my house and this is just my lack of experience. Um, my house does not have a subfloor in it. So literally I have old hardwoods that were original hardwoods that are there. What's wrong with that? I love well, hardwoods. But they, they move. So Really? Yeah. Sitting right on the floor. Yeah, doors. they're sitting right on the floor let's talk after the Let's talk after the show. Like yeah. Maybe have some thoughts on that for Yeah. Me. But uh, I'd like to rip all that up and put, you know, flooring down so that it doesn't move. But my wife loves it, so we're not going to do anything. So we'll do what she wants to do. So what I think do, you got to do what the, the the boss wants. That's right. And and the the two best words when you're uh, a um, family member and you're married to someone is yes, ma'am. Yeah. You'll just re, just remember that yes, ma'am, and it'll work. Yeah, Sam. I'm sorry. I'll help you out. Help you out a lot. Yeah. Well, I think uh, the, the 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 point that that, that we're looking at here is uh, when there are changes in your life when you. When, when the kids leave home, yeah. when, when maybe you're at retirement age, you're looking for a place that serves you and suits your lifestyle at That's that right. time. Um, and, uh, and so I think uh, Murfreesboro offers that wide range from the family that's just starting out uh, to the empty nester to the retiree. Mm -hmm. And even with uh, some of our assisted living facilities, even as, as we, we age, uh, and have need for those services, they're available here, and they're convenient. And uh, and so you don't have to leave what you would call home, your your hometown, to do that. Yeah, I'll tell you this, too. The, the downtown area, to me, still, I've been there six months now-ish. It It's almost like I'm on vacation from the standpoint that I walk around in a community that looks so different than, you know, kind of the suburban model, um, the 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 neighborhood, conventional neighborhood subdivision where you spend two or three minutes getting out of your subdivision, you know, in the morning and then you get on a, a high traffic road, um, you know, to, to go into work. And so you're spending 15, 20 minutes to get where you're going. I, I've cut that out of my life. And so, you know, when I walk out of the door in the morning, I'm seeing a regular person that works at a restaurant downtown or works in a clothing store downtown and we're all kind of commuting on foot together. It's kind of cool. It, it's a little bit like being on vacation all the time. Well, you you save a lot of money. I'm I'm sorry, uh, Sam. I'll get right back to you. No, uh, as, as, um, you don't really have to drive a car at all, mm -mm. and you've got. Uh, do you give Jan any compensation for the gas that she has to spend uh, driving you around <laughs> places like this? Well, Pinnacle's kind enough to have a vehicle that we can use when we're oh. going to do business-related things and go out, yeah. and so we, we don't take advantage of that, but we, we use it when, when it's uh, appropriate. So, I, I see you sitting in the back seat when she's driving. And I like to do that to her. And doing all that stuff. I just think that's fun. When she Occasionally, she'll come and pick me up if I'm at a meeting, and yeah. she'll pick me up to come here. I get in the back just to have a good time. I think it's funny. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you live... In the upper crust. I, Most of us, you know, I, I'm one of these people that you may see one day sitting out here with a little card in my hand. I need money or something we'll like that. We'll take care that. of you, Truman. Yeah. We'll make sure you got a place to yeah, go. Yeah. Thank you, Ronnie. Yeah. yeah Truman, Sam. I think one of, the, one of the benefits of working in Murfreesboro and for the city of Murfreesboro is uh, you live where you work and you work where you live and, and yeah. you're not spending that time in the, in the car every day. And I won't mention his name, but we just hired a gentleman who was commuting three hours a day 
Ooh. And uh, and he just joined us. He's been on staff a couple weeks.